Hallelujah. 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 I tell you, it might have been a little squeaky, he says, but I can understand that singing, but some of this Pentecost singing, I can't understand. Of course, that's me. I'm just old. But now, I, I like that. That's good singing. Hallelujah. And I wish that where that little boy was that played that thing over there Friday night, what you call it, where's he from? Boy, that little boy could play that thing and sing. And we reckon we could proselyte him. <laughs> now, it was good service uh, Friday night. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you would, the brothers come. Let's receive the offering, and then Brother Looper's going to be preaching. all stand. Brother Looper's coming, and as he comes, let's give God another big hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's good to be in the house of God today. You may be seated for a few moments. It's always good to be able to come to church. Amen. Are you glad to be in church today? It's always good to be able to come to church and worship and magnify and praise God. We're serving a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God today that has never done us anything but good. And I feel honored that I am able to know Him and the power of the Holy Ghost. If it was not for God's goodness, where would we be today? Amen. God is so, so good to us. And uh, good to see everyone that's in the house of God today. Lord bless you for coming to church. Our guests that are here, we're honored that you came to be with us today. I want you just to join in and worship the Lord. Magnify God with us today in his house. That's what we're here for is to lift up the name of the Lord. And some people come to the house of God uh, for a lot of different reasons. But when we come and we have that mindset that we come to lift up the name of the Lord everything else is going to fall in place when you lift up the name of the Lord you're going to feel better when you leave when you lift up the name of the Lord you're going to receive healing in your body when you lift up the name of the Lord you're going to receive all that you need from God so if we just lift up his name today everything else will take place in this house and uh, we are so glad to have each and every one of you here, and again, we say thank you for coming to the house of the Lord, and uh, at the conclusion of service, not at the end of service, but 
when we bring this service to a close before we will be dedicating Trace and Trenton to the Lord this morning. And uh, so <clears throat> looking forward to that. And I believe that's the best thing that we could ever do with our children is give them to God because we certainly, certainly need help from God. Amen. I, I realize that more every, every day I need help from God because I, when you think that you have all the answers, there's another question that you hadn't studied about. It's kind of like some of those uh, tests that you would take, you study and you study and you think you got it all down pat and by the time you take the test they mix them all up and reword them and it's hard to figure out what all they're talking about. Sometimes with these things that are going on today it's hard to figure out what the right correct answer is and we need God's help directing us and leading us and guiding us. Tonight uh, the youth will be serving at the gym They'll be serving chili and uh, gumbo and uh, nachos and I'm sure drink and res uh, dessert with that. And uh, so that will be after church tonight. And I don't know how much it is, but ever how much it is, it'll be cheaper than what going to Chili's or our Nebraska's will be and better fellowship and uh, for a better cause. So that goes to the youth department for the trip they'll be taking uh, this this summer and uh, so appreciate your support in that also on uh, February the 10th we'll be having a communion service here that'll be February the 10th February the 17th we'll be having a business meeting appointing uh, the trustees and different positions in the church for this year I know we're a little late on that but we've been in revival the month of January so uh, for that will be February the 17th and then February the 15th we'll be having a Sunday school teachers meeting I, I don't guess there's any use to announce that right now uh, but anyway that will be February the 15th at my house and uh, so Lord bless you if you have your Bibles if you want to stand with us turn to Matthew chapter 13 Matthew chapter 13, verse number 44 through 46. We'll read from the word of the Lord there. And this is the first time I've preached this year. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, Lord bless your soul this morning. I hope everybody ate a big breakfast before you come to church. <laughs> no. I don't mean to scare you before we get started. You have one thing working in your favor that my voice will surely give out before my desire to quit comes. So anyway, so you're in good shape this morning and appreciate the word of the Lord that we've been hearing in revival. And I tell you what, if you missed last Tuesday night, you missed a wonderful message. If you missed Wednesday night, you missed a wonderful message. Let's pray for all those that are sick. You can tell by who is not sitting around you this morning. A lot of people is out of church, a lot of people called that are sick. Uh, many, many requests to pray for those who are sick, so let's remember that. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all 
that he hath and buyeth the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And you can be seated. I asked Brother Allen to bring in the uh, teenage Sunday school class this morning because I felt like uh, I think that what we preach is very important, but every once in a while I feel like that it is necessary that they come in and hear the word of the Lord and um, that is going to be preached. So if your uh, teenager is not in this building right now, they should be. So if they're not, you might want to go look for them and see where they're at. Uh, but for the last few days, uh, I guess a week or so now, this has kind of been on my mind and uh, thinking about it and the importance of it. And I want to preach to you from this subject this morning, buy the truth and sell it not. Buy the truth and sell it not. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 23 tells us, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The scripture here simply means that to acquire the truth by all rightful means and then hold on to it, guard it, and defend it even to the risk of of your life. That's how important the truth is this morning. There is, um, there's not a lot of emphasis, I don't guess, placed on how important truth is. And uh, have, you ever, have you ever talked to anybody or had any dealings with anybody? Don't, uh, don't let your mind wander too much this morning. But uh, dealings with people that just have a difficult time in telling the truth. The old saying is, somebody would walk a mile to tell a lie when they could stand flat-footed and tell the truth. Uh, (laughs) There is something uh, my daddy used to always say, I guess, and it's kind of funny, kind of comical, but when you think about it, uh, there's a lot of truth to this, I guess, that he would also always say, he said, I believe the hardest thing I've ever tried to quit doing is lying. And everybody would kind of chuckle and laugh, and he'd say, have you ever tried it? There is, there is lots of times where uh, if you're not very careful, it just comes out and it's not the truth, and you really don't even know why you said what you said. <laughs> Y'all look at me like you're all innocent. And <laughs> uh, but... But, uh, you know, I, I, have, I have asked a lot of people to church and instead of telling me, you know, I don't believe I'm going to be there or I'm going to be there Sunday. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, you know we, you kill, you, you are not when you kill that deer because that always tells the truth, but when you miss that deer and uh, you go back and you tell your buddies how big it was. It's about that wide. His horns must have been that tall. 
when it was a white-tailed deer, not an elk that you were shooting at. It's kind of impossible, but, but uh, you know, it, it just, when really, it was probably more like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember we were fishing one time on Lake Fort, me and my brother, and we had a guide in the boat with us, and, and uh, we were fishing, and we pulled up beside these other people fishing, and, and uh, you know, to catch a, a bass, a, a largemouth bass over 10 pounds is, is uh, it, it, you can fish all your life and never catch one that big. So we were, we were fishing there beside these people, and he said, you caught anything? I said, yeah, I said, we caught one big one this morning, it was about 12 pounds. And uh, he said, you know, I don't believe I've ever seen anybody that caught one about 12 pounds. He said, if you catch one that big, you're going to know exactly how much it weighed. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you have some lie detectors in your boat, it kind of shrinks how big they are all the time. That's scale. So, so uh, you know, it, it's easier. It was about that long. That would be about 23 pounds. You'd be a millionaire if you caught one that big. But anyway, so there is, there is a lot, lot that could be said about the truth and how important the truth is. A lot of money is spent in court trying to figure out who's telling the truth. And uh, that, that if you, uh, if you uh, tell a lie, you're supposed to go to jail, I guess, for telling a lie. It's illegal to do that in the court of law, but... I am declared a bunch. Of, I, I, I declare a bunch of people do that today, and uh, it's hard to to uh, depend on what somebody says. But the scripture brings special uh, reference to the fact that we are to buy the truth, buy the truth, and then when we buy the truth, for whatever you do in life, don't ever sell the truth. A lot of people's truth is for sale for the highest bidder that they will they will give it up for practically nothing. They will turn it all over and give in to peer pressure for practically nothing because the truth no longer means everything to them. Now, I can remember I believe it was I, I believe the saying goes like this, Brother Burr wrote down and he had it up over the baptistry of his church that when truth no longer means everything, truth no longer means nothing. There's a lot of truth to that. If it does not mean everything to you, you will sell it out for a very, very small, small price. And I, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the truth that is in God's Word. The Word of God said in Matthew chapter 13 that I've read for a text, it says, The kingdom of God is likened to a treasure hid in the field. And when a man hath found, he hideth for joy thereof, and goeth and selleth all that he hath, and he buyeth the field. A lot of people uh, don't want to sell what they have to get what they need. And then a lot of people want parts of the truth and they enjoy part of what God has to offer but the scripture tells us that we are to sell everything and buy the whole field he did just not he didn't go out there and say I want this little 
this little uh, two-by-two section of ground that he had hid this treasure in. But he said, I'm going to sell everything that I have and I'm going to buy the whole field. And then Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl, one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He realized that this pearl of great price is worth far more than anything else that I could ever possess in this life. I want to talk to you about some truth in God's Word today. Amen. The truth in God's Word is simply here that states, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Isaiah chapter 46 and 5 says, To whom will ye liken me, and make me equal, and compare me, that we may be like? Isaiah 46 and 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is None like me. There's not a co-equal. There's not a co-existent. And there's not a co-eternal. He said, I am the only one. He said, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. This was preached, this was taught to the children of Israel from the very beginning. That hero Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. The scripture said in Deuteronomy 6 and 4 through 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou settest in thine house. When thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlet between thine eyes, and thou shalt write of them upon the post of thine house and on thy gates. What was he talking about? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Amen. I was reading and I was looking. Actually, I was reading in a dictionary and I, I found this and I, I hate to offend you if this is what you believe this morning, but if it is, you need to get in and find what the truth of the Word of God says. And I was reading this and it says the representation of the doctrine of the Trinity. It says, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. God is the Father, God is the Son, God is the Holy Spirit. Now, this is something to pay close attention to. The Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Son. 
This is what they preach and teach. This is what it says that they believe. Now this is what the scripture says in Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 20. It says, or, or excuse me, Matthew 1 verses 18 through 20. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary and spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. The Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. That's what man says. Then Joseph here, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible said. I didn't, I didn't write that. You have to go back and talk to Matthew about that. But that's what was done. That's what happened. That's what took place. Man has said the Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Son. God is the Son. God is the Holy... You know, they've got it all, all confused and they can't... They don't even know who the Daddy is. If this is correct. The Scripture said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He said, To whom will ye liken me? There is nobody else like me. And make me equal and compare me that we may be like who, 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 who. There is no other. One scripture said, for I am God and I know no other. There is none else. If there is another God, God himself don't even know about it. There is only one God. Jesus, or excuse me, God is a spirit. Let me read this before we go any further. John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is simply what it says. It is the Spirit of God. It's not it's not another person in a triune Godhead. Jesus is the image of God. Colossians chapter 1 verse number 15. Who is the image of the invisible God? God is a spirit. Who is the image of the invisible God? Who is he making reference to? He's not asking a question. He is forming a statement. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Jesus is. Colossians 2 and 9. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
In who? In Jesus. That's who dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2.10 And ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. 1 Timothy 3.16 And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Who was the apostle Paul speaking of? He said, you know, that this is what they say. They say that, that the triune God is, the Trinity is a mystery and no man can understand it. They're right about that. It's a mystery because it's not factual. And no man can understand it because it is not there. And you cannot find it in the Bible. Today, if you believe that, let me ask you, have you ever seen the word Trinity mentioned in your Bible? It's not in there. Amen. The Scripture said, great is the mystery of godliness. It's a great mystery, but here... Let me reveal it to you. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of the angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. Who was he speaking here? Who was he talking about? God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus, justified in the spirit. Jesus, who was seen of angels. Jesus, who preached unto the Gentiles. Jesus, who was believed on in the world, Jesus, who was received up into glory when His disciples and the other believers were standing there. It was Jesus. Great is the mystery of godliness, but God was manifest in the flesh. Amen. Amen. He is God in creation, the Son in redemption, and it is the Holy Ghost living in us today. Working in the church today. Amen. So let's go back and let's look at what was preached in the beginning. We find that uh, on the day of Pentecost, the beginning of the church, it is important if you're ever going to figure out what the church believed, what the church did, and how the church reacted, you must find where the church began. And we find in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 26, But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Amen. That was where the church come into existence, a New Testament church. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 4, the scripture said, And being assembled together with them, Jesus being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And then he said, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. I want to tell you today that truth is important. And when you think you have the truth, you better study the Word of God. You better find out for yourself, God, give me a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Let me know you in the power of the Holy Ghost that when I have the truth, no man 
around me. Amen. So the scripture tells us the disciples with him for some three and a half years. But still, they were not prepared to go out and preach what the Lord had commanded them to preach. But he said, there is something that you are lacking. There is something that you still have to wait for. There is something more that I am going to give you. And then we find what he was talking about was the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The scripture said in Acts chapter 2, we find in verses 1 through 4, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is what happened. On the day of Pentecost. Amen. We find that from that point forward. That people that received God were filled with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But that's not all there was to it. We find that men came in. Devout men from around the known country that day. And they were wondering. What is going on? What's taking place? What's happening? What is all of this about? But you remember back in the scripture. That Jesus asked his disciples, he said, whom do men say that I am? And they all had different opinions of what they had heard and what had been said. But then he asked them, he said, whom do ye say that I am? And the disciples there were kind of quiet and they didn't know exactly what to say or what to be said. And Peter stood up and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in the heaven. He said, I am going to give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Amen. He said, Upon this rock, not meaning the apostle Peter, but the rock of Jesus Christ, the rock of the mighty God in Christ. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We find that when they come and they ask, what's going on? What's taking place? What's happening? We find that this is when the apostle Peter stood up and he told them in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38, it says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We find that that in, in uh, the 10th chapter of the book of Acts, that where the Holy Ghost was poured out, unto the Gentile world. Amen. Speaking in other tongues is important. Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, 45 and 46. It says, While Peter 
yet spake these words. The Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the Gentiles, because that on the Gentiles also was the Holy Ghost poured out. Amen. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, what doth hinder these to be baptized? Amen. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There is churches today that will tell you this is the importance of what I am preaching about this morning. There are churches today that will tell you that baptism is not even important to salvation. Just like Brother Rowley was preaching here Friday night that there are certain religions, I, I guess the majority, I guess we're about the only ones that really believe that it is important to salvation, that it's not only important, but it is a must. Listen at me, young people. Listen at me, younger generation. It is important that you buy the truth and sell it not. Amen. You say, oh, I'll never give up the one God message. I'll never give up the new birth message. But there are people that are throwing it by the wayside today. Why? Because they wanted parts of the field and not the whole field. The scripture said that when you find a pearl of great price, you not only buy that pearl, but you say, give me everything that is around it. Give me everything that surrounds it. Amen. Buy the truth and sell it not. Baptism is essential to salvation. It's not just, it's not just to do it because we're Baptists or we're Presbyterian or we're Catholic or we're Pentecostal and that's just what we do but it is important to do it because the scripture said John chapter 3 give us a very plain description of the new birth amen we find that one came to Jesus by night and he said I know that you are a teacher sent from God and then Jesus said verily verily I say unto thee that you must be born again. You must be born again. Nicodemus looked at Jesus startled and not knowing really what he was talking about. He said, how? That when a man, I am a man and I am old, how can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and you say that I must be born again? He said, that which is of spirit is spirit. That which is of flesh is flesh. But I'm not talking about the natural birth. But I am talking about a spiritual birth. That you must die out to sin. You must get remission of your sin. You must be buried in water. Not sprinkle. Not if I want to or if I feel like it. You must be buried. Amen. Can you imagine? And I, I was thinking about this the other day in Haiti. The tragedy that has happened down there. Digging. 
big graves to pile people up and cover them up. They are not sprinkling dirt over the top of them. When you go to bury someone, you have to put them six foot under. You don't sprinkle dirt on top of them, but you totally bury them. And when you are a new creature, when you die out to sin, amen, the only way that you get buried, brother, is being buried. You don't leave an arm out. You don't leave a leg sticking out. But you totally emerge them into the water. The scripture said, Matthew chapter 28 and 19, Jesus was declaring the importance of water baptism. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You say, Oh my goodness, that's, that's, what it, that's exactly, it means exactly what it says. In the name. Father is a title. I am a father. But I can't sign a check and do any good, Father. I am a son. But I don't sign a check, son, and do any good. You listen at me, young people. Amen. The Holy Ghost is a title. It's not a name. What is the name of the Father? Isaiah chapter 9. Verse number 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and thou shalt call his name Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. John chapter 4 and verse number 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. They had heard so much about the Father. Jesus had spoken of the Father. And he said, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Then verse number 9, Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you? Jesus said unto him, read your Bible this morning. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me, by the truth, and sell it not. He that hath seen me, hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father. Believest thou that I am in the Father and the Father in me the words that I speak unto you is not of myself but the Father that dwelleth in me He doeth the works His own disciples could not figure out why but you must remember God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth, you need the truth today. If you're going to be saved, you are going to have to have the truth. Amen. You're going to have to know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Show us the Father. 
Very simple question. Very simple answer. He said, when you've seen me. When, when you see the father of my children, you've seen me. I, I am the father. That's what he was saying. Philip, look, what are you looking for? I am what you are going to see of the father. What is the name of the son? And she shall bring forth the son. Matthew chapter 1 verse number 21. And she shall bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. That is the name of the son. That's, that's pretty. Everybody will agree on that. Then we go what? is the name of the Father. We're trying to decide what the formula of baptism is this morning. What is the name of the Holy Ghost? John chapter 14, verse number 19, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live ye shall live also. Verse number 20, At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. What he was speaking of was the Holy Ghost. John chapter 14 and verse number 26, But the Comforter, listen at this real close now, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father will sin, whom the Father will sin in my name. If you have your Bibles this morning, why don't you look to John chapter 14 and verse number 19, or, or John chapter 14, verse number 26, and see what color that's written in. He said, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen. Baptism is to be done in the only name that is above all names. It's not good enough to go down in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, although that might be good. But when you are making reference to whose child you are, you must apply the name of Jesus. You will never find in the Bible, after the day of Pentecost, that anybody was baptized in any other way than in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Never were they baptized using the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, our Holy Spirit. It's not it. It just, it's not in there because it is not the truth. It's not the truth. You are to buy the truth. The truth. It amazes me why people will pray in Jesus' name. Why people will worship in Jesus' name. Why people will put 
I'm a servant of Jesus on their bumper stickers. While they'll use Jesus for everything, but they refuse to be baptized in the only name that is going to wash away your sins. Why would you, why, why would you balk at the name of Jesus? Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. Hallelujah. We find in Acts chapter 2, I've already quoted the scripture, verse number 38, when they were asking men and brethren, what shall we do? What, what must we do? What, what's going on here? What, what's taking place? What's, what's happening? What, what do we need to do to get what you're getting right now? And Peter with the other disciples, which were there when... Jesus said, go into all the world, teaching them, baptizing them in the name. But, but this is what Peter done. Those keys that were given Peter to the kingdom of heaven, he stuck them in that lock that had been locked for years and years and years and years. And he opened up the new birth, plan of salvation. And he said, you've got to repent. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's... Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38 and tell me what it's talking about. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. That is the name of the Father. That is the name of the Son. That is the name of the Holy Ghost. I've already given you scriptures that plainly declare and state what His name is. That is the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You've got to repent, number one. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Number two, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Number three, these all work together to complete the new birth message and plan of salvation. Acts chapter 19, verse number 5. We find that, I believe it was John's disciples. This was John that Jesus said to every man. I'm, I'm getting ready to close if it come get ready to something to sing here. I'm just about done. The man that Jesus said there's not a greater been born unto woman than John the Baptist. But John the Baptist was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. He did not come as that light, but he come to bear record of that light, Jesus Christ. And so, so here we find that, that the Apostle Paul was, was preaching unto them and, and he found certain of John's disciples. And they began to ask, you know, the Apostle Paul asked them, said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? This was their reply, said, We have not heard if there even be any Holy Ghost. He said, But if you hadn't received the Holy Ghost, then the how were you baptized? This was John the Baptist's disciples. John the Baptist had put them under unto repentance himself. John the Baptist had did it himself. The great man. The great John the Baptist. And then the apostle Paul said, to How were you baptized? They said, Under John's baptism. And he looked at them and he said, John baptized unto repentance. Saying, There is one that comes after me. Woo! 
this is only the beginning, but that's not the finished product. Then what Apostle Paul did to them, he laid hands on them. They began to speak with other tongues and were filled with the Holy Ghost. And he took them down to a watery grave and rebaptized them in the name. In the name. He say, oh, my grandma, I know she made it. And she didn't believe like that. Greatest woman in the world. You can't worry about grandma. You better worry about yourself. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm just showing you what this word says this morning. You better buy the truth. Don't sell it. This younger generation, let me tell you, God has called us out to be a separate people. You are a royal priesthood. The scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 through 10, Unto you therefore which believe that He is precious, believe He is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in the time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not attained mercy, but now have attained mercy. What he is telling you that if you have, if you have known this miracle, working plan of salvation. You have known God in the power of the Holy Ghost and you have been baptized in His wonderful name. You are, are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. And whatever you do, don't ever sell the truth. Don't sell the truth for family. Don't sell the truth for friends. Don't sell the truth for fame. Don't sell the truth for fortune. Don't sell the truth for bigger crowds. Don't sell the truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. I want to tell you today if people that do not have an understanding of the one God message. The Bible says that, that the devil's smarter than they are. Because in the book of James, it says that if thou believest in one God, you're doing well. Because the devil believes and trembles. That's a twofold meaning there. The meaning that if you believe in one God, the devil believes that there is one God. 
He knows. 6 and 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The devil believes that. Then also, it's painting another picture that believing alone will not save you. The devil believes in God. Is the devil saved? So it takes more than just believing. I believe he's God. I'm a good person. I, be, I believe in God. I believe he's God. That will not save you. Shaking my hand will not save you. Confessing that Jesus is God will not save you. You must repent. You must go down in Jesus' name in a watery grave. And you must be filled with The reason why people are not set free from sins today is because they've never been born again. You're still living in that same old fleshly, carnal spirit because there's been no death and no resurrection to walk in the newness of life. Listen at me today. Buy the truth and sell it not. When you young people go off to college and they try to tell you that there is no God, buy the truth. Don't ever sell it for a better grade. I don't care what they're trying to teach you if it's against this word of God. Don't you write anything on your paper just to pass a class. I don't care what it does to me. If it, if it stops me from going any further, so be it. But I, can, I cannot go against what the book says. I've, I've sold out to this truth. I love this truth. I love this message. And I'm not about to give in to peer pressure or any other kind of pressure. Because I love the truth. I bought it a long time ago. And I'm not about to sell it out today. Why don't we all stand and lift our hands toward heaven and magnify the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. If you're thankful for this truth this morning, why don't you lift up the name of the Lord? Why don't you praise Him today? Why don't you magnify His name today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. It shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find. Through the waterway, it is the light today. Baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, young and old, Why don't you sing it from your heart your this morning? Sin. And the Holy Ghost will enter in. The evening time has come. Tis a fact that God and Christ are one. It shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find. Through the waterway. It is the light today, baptized in Jesus' name, young and old.
repent of all your sin and the Holy Ghost will enter in the evening time has come tis a fact that God and Christ are one it shall be light in the evening time the path to glory you will surely find through the waterway it is the light today baptized in jesus name young and old repent of all your sins and the Holy Ghost will enter in. The evening time has come. Tis a fact that God in Christ are one. It shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find. Through the waterway, it is the light today, baptized in Jesus' name. Young and old, repent of all your sin, and the Holy Ghost will enter in. The evening time has come. Is a fact that God in Christ are one. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands and really magnify the Lord today? Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for this truth, God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. I tell you today, if you are convinced, if you are convinced, you might be here today and not really believe this like I have preached it this morning. If you are a visitor here, I don't mean to be dogmatic. I don't mean to be cocky or arrogant when I'm delivering the word of God. But I am confident. Dr. Nobody doctor anybody cannot prove it any otherwise I'm not very highly educated but I have been educated in this word of God I know what the book says amen and I tell you what if you've never experienced it you ought to experience it it is the greatest thing if you've never had the Holy Ghost oh, there's no way I can tell you how great it is today praise God God is good to us Lord bless you can be seated if all the Cooper family, the Gibson family, Lord I don't know where we're going to put everybody but everybody come up here. We're going to dedicate these babies this morning and uh, Trace and Trenton. If I could get some singers to come up here and help us, you'd come on up singers. Come on up, singers. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Ministers, if you'd come up and help us this morning. Praise God. 
Praise the Lord. There we go. We got some power now. Lord have mercy. Which one is which? This is the blue, the blue pacifier is Trent. And the orange one is okay. Praise God. This is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity that we have today to give our children to the Lord. Wow, look at it. He's surprised about that. <laughs> it's funny, ain't it? Yeah. I look in the mirror and laugh every once in a while myself. Oh, mercy. <laughs> so this is a, an opportunity that God gives us because we know that we need the help of God. And uh, I tell you what, in the world that we live in today, there's so much going on, so many problems, so many different situations that can happen. And we need God's help. We need God's direction. We need God's blessing. And uh, if, if, we could, if we could have the help of God, and I, I tell you what, I want to read the scriptures that I've already read this morning to you today, and this is something that is very important. And I tell you, if we could, if we could grab hold of this truth and teach our children this glorious truth. In Deuteronomy 6 and 4 through 9, I want to read again today. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk with them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down. When thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine head. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house. I tell you today, if we would do this, our world would be a much better place to live. We have responsibilities as parents. If I could charge you this morning to do and to, to realize and understand your responsibilities that you have this morning. No longer is it just you. No longer is it just all about me, but you have a lot more responsibilities today. The first responsibility of parents is to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What does this mean? It means that before a parent can dedicate their children to the Lord, you must first dedicate yourself to the Lord and realize that the most important thing that I can do is I am living an example it's not just, it's not just, I'm not just living for myself, but I've got somebody that's watching me, more than one. And I guess they could say that's kind of like double trouble. But uh, they say that raising twins is quite, quite a chore. I know some has done it, and I've heard their response to that. When one's hungry, the other one's hungry. When one wants something, the other one wants it. So we have a great responsibility. But first of all, You've got to make up in your mind that I'm going to commit my ways to God. You can give your children to God, but unless you show them by an example, you know, you're just, you're just talking to the wind. But when you show them that I'm going to commit myself to the Lord, 
You must be an example. You must be the ones not only to read the Word of God in church, but to read the Word of God at home. Not only to pray at church, but to pray at home. Not only to worship at church, but to be a worshiper at home. To do your very best to shine the light of God's love in their life. The scripture that I've read this morning tells us that, that number one, we are to train them when we're sitting down. That goes along sometimes training them how to sit. (laughs) Train them when you're standing up. (laughs) And train them when you're walking in the way. When you're lying down, train them. Train them with the Word of God in their hands. Train them with the Word of God in their eyes on a regular basis. I'm a true believer today that the, the problem with society is not when, when uh, we took prayer out of schools and we took the Bible out of schools, but it's when we took prayer and the Bible out of our lives and homes. And I tell you, if you want them to live for God, if you want them to grow up healthy, if you want them to stay off of drugs... If you want them to stay pure, you've got to bring them to the house of God. Not only, not only say, listen at the preacher preach, but, but be what the preacher is preaching before your children. Train them with the Word of God in your homes. A lot of people, the only time they ever read the Word of God is when they're at church. Now let me, let me go over a few things with you this morning and we'll... Brother Duplessis is going to pray... Uh, the prayer this morning. I want to ask you some questions as parents. He just wanted grandma. That's all it was. Maybe. Maybe he wants grandpa. Maybe he wants great grandma. <laughs> this, is a, this is a question as parents. That these are some questions that you need to answer. Do you love the Lord with all your heart? soul and mind? Do you want to train your children to love the Lord? A lot of people don't do this and don't want to do this. Do you have a plan in training your children? Do you set a good example for your children to follow? Do you know the doctrines of the Bible where you can help teach them the doctrines of the Bible? Do you have a regular time of devotion yourself, a commitment to God. A lot of people are like uh, the man that said, oh, he got a phone call from God one time, and God said, do you take your children to church? He said, oh, God said, I send them every Sunday. The bus comes by and picks them up and takes them to church and brings them back home. But that's not good enough. You have to live an example before them. And to this church today, I ask you some questions. Will you as a church help this, these parents in being the best example that you can possibly be? Will you as a church give these parents the support that they need to raise these children? Will you as a parent not be critical Are you as a church not be critical of the mistakes and the failures that they will have in their life? But we will say that we're going to be there to help them. We're going to be there to to protect them. We're going to be there to encourage them because this is a house of safety. 
This is what it's all about, is a place to bring your children to, to be safe, to be, to be a place where they can find help, not to be criticized, not to be ridiculed. There's times that they'll be, uh, you know, they might be running the aisles at the wrong time and have to be, hey, hey, don't do that. They might be climbing over the altar benches at the wrong time. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when they grow up to be young people and, and they stumble and they make mistakes. Lord, we need a church that will help them and encourage them to all of our young people to encourage them. You can make it and you can live for God. So I encourage you today as parents, look at the Word of God. Teach them. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. There's none else. There's nobody. His name is Jesus. You must be born again. You must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Teach them separation from the world. This is your responsibility as parents. And I ask you and I pray and I hope and I believe today that you will do that. All right, Brother McDaniel, if you'll hold this mic for Brother Duplessis, you get one of them and I'll get the other and we'll... Oh, man. This is the grinny one. He's just enjoying church. Uh-oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There we go. Let's all pray together. Whoa. Sorry about that, Trace. Trace and Tristan. Trent. Let's all pray together. Jesus. Our Savior and God. This morning, we're thankful for the privilege and opportunity to bring our children before the throne of grace where would we go if we didn't have you to go to but you are there our present help and we need you today now as we dedicate these children and give them to you even as Solomon knelt before the throne of heaven and lifted his hands toward you and he said the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee how much less can this building that they had built and now, God, we know that the heaven of heavens does not contain all of the grace and the goodness of God. How much more can we expect that you would come down into the lives of these two children? Now, we are giving them to you, and we know that what belongs to you that you protect and take care of. But we ask you this morning, Lord, that you would watch over these children from this day forward. Hold them in the hollow of your hand eternally. Let the Spirit of God protect them when danger comes their way. If some pedophile would come against them, I pray God the swift hand of heaven would intervene, that they would never know what it is to taste 